Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the World of Ink Network, founded in 2011 by Virginia Grenier and Marsha Cook. Their vision was to start a radio show that helped writers reach their dreams. The World of Ink has a wonderful group of hosts who are dedicated to delivering shows to entertain and inspire listeners. The World of Ink Network shares resources that introduce tips, products, and services to help strengthen, support, and challenge those who love writing and the written word. Their hope is to bring not only authors, illustrators, and publishers together, but screenwriters, directors, and producers. New to the network will be a variety of special shows, bringing not only entertaining shows, but informative discussions on timely subjects. To learn more about us, go to www.worldofinknetwork.com or visit us on our Facebook and Twitter pages. Thank you for your support and enjoy the show. Hi, everybody. It's Marcia Cook uh, from World of Ink Network. Good story is a good story. We have two really wonderful guests on. They've both been on before. Jack has been on many times, and Dennis has been on uh, one time before. And they're both really terrific authors. They have audio books now, and we're going to be discussing so much about writing and things like that rather than just the marketing aspect that we end up, I don't know, I seem to end up talking about it all the time, probably because I do it so much. But, okay, uh, let's see. I will say one thing. It's This is Chicago, and it's 68 degrees. We cannot believe it. It's like, and it's February. It's so exciting. I hate February. And then right now it's like 68, sunny. People are out without jackets. It's terrific here. And so this is a good – I like it when it's sunny. And so for me, but 60, I don't like driving in the ice, so this has been a great winter here. So I think I'll stay here, Chicago. Okay. Anyway, let's see. What have I got going here? Yes, there's a show – on Thursday with Elizabeth Black, and she's going to have uh, women authors in horror that write horror, and it's going to be a great show. Um, She'll be on at 4 o'clock Eastern, 3 o'clock Central. So that should be fun tomorrow. And today we have two guests, so I'm going to bring them around because we have so much to talk about. And uh, Dennis Must and Jack Remick. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. All right. How are you doing, Marcia? Dennis, good good to hear your voice. Yes, it's good that you're here, both of you. So let me, you're, you're in, you know, how's the weather there? How, what do you have? What kind of well, temperatures? In Seattle, it's so weird. in Seattle, it's kind of cold, uh, wet, rainy as always. You know, but like as in the they movies. say, people Just in Seattle like don't tan, they rust, you know. <laughs> in Boston, the sun is out, and it sounds like it's very similar to what you're experiencing in Chicago, Marcia. I can't, you know, I can't even believe it. I mean, everybody, nobody believes it. We're all, like, waiting for something to hit. But, I mean, next week we're supposed to have pretty good weather the rest of the week, which means we'll make it to March. So once January and February are done, I go, I can make it. I know I could do another winter because I'm done. Uh, even though it gets bad out, you know, sometimes in March we have, you know, we do have snow, but it's not the same. Anyway, so we'll talk about your, both of you have done some remarkable work, and so I'm. Jack, do you want to say a little bit about yourself so everybody will know who you are? Uh, you want me to you want me to jump in here? Yeah, just say who you are. Yeah, you know what okay. you do. A well, little, yeah. uh, uh, you, you know, I'm a, I'm a poet and a novelist and a short story writer, 
lately I've been working on a set of pieces called What Do I Know? Wisdom in the 21st Century. And as I write it, I realize I don't know a damn thing. Welcome to my world. I'm learning as I write. Uh, I have a bunch of novels out. Uh, the last one I finished was uh, the California Quartet, four volumes. The last one of that was uh, Trio of Lost Souls. Um, I have Blood and Gabriella and the Widow. Gabrielle and the Widow is one that uh, I've just gotten turned into an audio book. It's my first audio book. Um, I did that one with a, an artist in Los Angeles named um, Annette Romano. She's an actress and does a lot of voiceover work. She was very good at uh, script analysis, and so she really gets into character very well. And I know from talking to Dennis that he's very happy with her rendition of his uh, novel. So yeah, uh, yeah. she does get you because I was listening to Dennis's. I was listening to his, and um, but when uh, which I told him a few seconds ago, she does get into character really good. I mean, it's not just an audio book. You know, mm-hmm. she's got like rhythm, and it's really it's really good. Yeah. Well, um, what's so interesting is, is about my book is that. Uh, is Hashinab Don't Explain is, is that there are many uh, songs in there that are pieces of songs. Yeah, and a I know. Lot that was surprising, are, yeah. You know, from, from, from blues songs and, 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 and gospel songs. And I, I swear, and when I heard her sing those songs, I felt that I was hearing the original, you know, person who wrote those songs. I, I, yeah, because I it was, it was unbelievable. It was it was so yeah, unbelievable. I you know, think. I started to listen to it, and then I'm thinking, oh my gosh, she's like she's singing, and you know the melodies of it. I mean, you know, I I listen to a lot of audio books, but I haven't really heard that. So it makes yours really unique that she picked this up. I mean, she probably done a lot. Of, she's very talented. There is a difference. Well, you know, I think it, that says a lot about both Annette and Dennis's writing all the gold. Uh, his 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 work. From an out, I'm an outsider, right? I mean, I don't live in Boston where Dennis is, and we've met once or twice and, and talked, but I've had the privilege to read and review his work, and I am really, really uh, happy that Annette was able to find the truth in, that, in, that, in the novel. Um, oh, boy. You know, I forgot I mean, you're I, from Boston. I, you know, until you I, no, say no, you're from explain. Boston... I forgot he's from Boston because I always think because you know you you've introduced me to so many different people that have been on my show and like Eleanor will be on next week with you and I mean and everybody does live in different places it's you know and um it's really interesting how you have met so many different people that do they write differently and they're from different cities yeah. and you know it, it's I think that's very interesting you know I think that I tell people this all the time. I mean, all of us are from so many, you know, that I have on my show and us, all three of us, we're from different places. And so it's so interesting because yeah, people don't write the Dennis, same way. Dennis, you, I want Dennis to say who he a, was. Yeah. <laughs> Dennis, Dennis, you need to give us a rundown on yes. where you are as a writer and, and what you've done. Yeah. Dennis, you're not going to uh, get away with not saying everything about you. We well, have to know everything. Uh, uh, three short story collections and uh, two novels, 
uh, and the most recent novel was uh, Hush Now, Don't Explain, that we're talking about, the audio book. And then there's another novel uh, called Brother Carnival uh, that that will come out uh, fall of 2018 by Red Hen Press. <clears throat> oh, Red Hen, okay, and... Okay, so and Jack, you're still you're at Coffee Town. You're, you're there, Coffee Town. Jack. Yeah. Well, mine, yeah. mine, all of mine. Well, I have some that are under another imprint, but most of them are from yep. Coffee Town. Dennis has two books from Coffee Town, right? Right. Now, don't explain. Right. right. In the short story book, uh, have you read the short stories, Marcia? No, not um, yet. No. Boy, uh, you know, I'm going to. Guy, you know, I want to. I really you know how to write short stories. I'll I know. Tell you that. He's, Dennis, I know. You, you told me one time about how you write short stories. You said you you do one a day or one a week. How, how, tell us about that. <laughs> you do one a day? Uh, Jack, you're too much. Uh, <laughs> you do one a day? I, I wish we were all sitting across from each other. <laughs> <clears throat> share uh, uh, share how our eyes move. Uh, I, what's interesting about short stories for me now is that uh, I've kind of stopped writing them. And uh, I had a service for a number of years, actually from 1995, that would uh, it was it was quite quite positive in that they insisted that I have a new story for them to send out every two months. Well, okay. So that was so, uh, I pushed you that a was very, there, very yeah. positive for me. Yeah. And if I didn't have a new story, then one of the ones that didn't get accepted was, then they would send that back out again. But I was only allowed uh, a, a two-month uh, hiatus on that. <clears throat> uh, so, so you had a lot of short stories. You know, I wanted to ask you a question. You did, a, if you did all these short stories, people are having a lot of problem now because people are not, you know, when you write a short story, it's a short story. But people, a lot of times when people write short stories and they put them out now, they're saying, why are they so short? But they're short. You're saying this. You are telling them this is a short story. Why are you not writing them anymore? You're writing, you just decided not to, though? I mean... Well, a couple of things I think have happened. One is is that increasingly uh, uh, sh- short fiction, very short. Uh, I'm I'm I'm, I'm uh, struggling with the name now. Uh, but <clears throat> when I started to write short stories in in 1995, as it were, uh, I would the they would say that they wanted. 5,000 to 750 words per short story. That was what they mm-hmm. wanted. <clears throat> and then over the years, it kept get boiling down. And so now, the last time that I wrote uh, for, for this agent, for this agency that was sent out, send out my stories, they'd say, well, the most we want is we'd prefer 2,500 words. Uh, and if there are any more than 2,500 words, then uh, we got to we have to tell you that the audience market for that is going to be very, very small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it well, somehow along uh, the way it's, it's gotten. Yeah. Fast fiction yeah. was what I wanted to say. You know. Oh, flash fiction. And so fiction. now it's oh, you know it's five hundred words or a thousand words, whatever. Uh, it's not the reason why I stopped writing though, because 
I'm, I'm spending more time on, on, on this novel that I've been working on, and, uh, and that's, uh, I, I'm just not, the, the, the having the deadline of, of uh, every two months is... is uh, it's hard, yeah. Jenna, speaking of, of your novel, where, is, where are you with Brother Carnival right now? Where, what, what, where is it in the system, in the process? It's it's uh, it's as you know, Zach. It's going to be it'll be illustrated, and the, the illustrator has there are about twenty six illustrations, and he's done most of them. I've gotten the rough sketches from most of them, and all of that has to be into the uh, the press by end of March, and then it will be. Uh, it, it, it'll be released in fall of, uh, of 2018. Yeah. Can you can you talk about those illustrations a little bit? I mean, this is yeah, something yeah, that's just, fairly yeah. new in fiction. Yeah. I mean, well, for a, an know, achieved uh, author to be having an, an illustrated novel, I'm so impressed and excited at the same time. Can you give us some ideas? Yeah, about very few people have that. What's I, going very on few there? people. <clears throat> they they don't do that usually. Well, you know what's interesting about this to me also, and Jack and I have talked about this quite often, actually, and we've laughed about this press that I work with. It's a, it's a wonderful press, Red End Press out of, out of Pasadena, and they call, they say, Dennis, you're one of the first people that have done a hybrid novel. And now they're yeah. very popular, <laughs> and I'm thinking. <laughs> and Zach has said, "Well, my God, you know, mm. you know, think about all of the illustrated <laughs> books uh, back, you know, with uh, with Dante and 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 beyond." Because yeah, I know somebody that did one, but it, you know, and uh, it was it took her a very very long time to have it right. I mean, she and I kept saying. How many years do you think this is going to be? Because she kept, you know, and but she, you have, she had to approve all of the, you know, drawings. I mean, and it had to be the way she wanted her world to be in that book. And very few well, authors got, now I, do that. Yeah, I got. I was pretty lucky in that. that I am so grateful to Jack for having uh, introduced me to Annette and. But I must say, I feel exactly the same way with this uh, this uh, Russian immigre uh, yeah. illustrator who's probably in his 30s, and he, uh, uh, he it's unbelievable when I see how did what you he, find him? How did you find him? What he's him? done, it's like he's understood exactly where I was. I mean, it's just it's great. Jack and I have talked about collaboration and how the wonderful part of being collaborating with another artist and what you've done, and then they just take that and 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 make it something more than than you had, were able to make it. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's just an extraordinary experience, and that's where it is what because I feel that's about Some of these illustrations he's done. Where did you yeah, find that's him? That's so unique to find. You know, one of the things that I've found about working collaboratively with another writer is sometimes you get into the clash of egos where you want ownership oh, of stuff. Yeah. But you and yeah. Russ seem to have come to a really fine understanding, and he has a, a real vision that comes out of your words. So your words are so full of imagery that he can just pull those things out of there. That is really impressive. I can hardly wait to see the whole thing, Brother Carnival, illus or with its illustrations. They're not 
it's not an illustrated novel, but there are illustrations of the deeper images in that book. Right. Yeah. And that's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah. So Red Hen, I think, is really charting the some new territory yeah. here. That's great. That's um, you know what? I just don't, I wanted to ask you where you found um, the illustrator. When <clears throat> when I had the, I think what the 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 how this began for me, Marcia, the the first book, the the novel, uh, the world's smallest Bible, that was also published by Red Hen. Uh, in 2016, I that was illustrated by this person, and I just felt oh. the need that it that it really wanted to be uh, to have some illustrations, and I'm certain that that came from my experience of 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 being a playwright and, and, playwright. and working yeah. with plays. Yeah. I missed yeah. that, you know. I missed that. I missed that kind of collaborative the the images in addition to my the one that I've. <laughs> that I put in words that somehow those those words were dissimulated in something visual uh, just seemed like a very strong need that I had and so I, what I did is that I simply went on the web and and looked for illustrators and looked over hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them yeah. and found this guy who had who had illustrated a book uh, of a woman who who had uh, been in uh, you know in, in the in the camps, in the Nazi camps. Uh, really? Yeah. And she had written this short book, and he illustrated that, and I thought, wow. So that's yeah, that's, how that's... Yeah, it's very, right, it's really interesting that you did that, you know, because, you know, um, when you're a playwright, it's like writing a screenplay, which Jack has written screenplays, too. I mean, you know, yes. you are a different writer because of it. It makes a difference in your writing because you absolutely, you know, sometimes when writers are starting out, they don't see it. But when you have done a play or a screenplay, it's that you actually see it in front of you. I think I do. I know, Jack, you do too, right? And Dennis, how do you feel about that? You see it just playing out. No, I agree. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Marcia, one of the things... Something that I wanted to ask Jack while okay. we're on here about uh, about character... Uh, that he and I both were asked to uh, give a response to a, a person who's written an article for one of these Writer's Digest books. And and we were both talking about what was the most important part of the of the writer's craft. And and I said, I thought it was character, and, and the theme came from that, and Jack sort of said the theme must come out of the character. But uh, what I wanted to ask Jack is, is that, and, and it was a real insight into me, uh, that Jack says that once, you, once he, once he uh, gets the character in mind, you know, but then he says, instead of starting at that point, then, Jack, you used the term time walk back. Could you talk about that a little bit? It's interesting. Yeah, oh, Jack, go ahead. Well, one of the, one of the things that I... <clears throat> have been struggling with over the years is exactly where do characters come from. And uh, I, I discovered a technique when I taught with Bob Ray. Or, and we, we worked it out together. Uh, I call it the walk back through time. And so what I 
what I found was that if I get a character, like I, I did a short novel called Falcon and Cress, and the 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 novel started out with a guy in a hotel room hearing noises in the room next door, and I thought, okay, who is the guy? What's he doing there? So I started writing what I call a walk back through time. So five minutes before Falcon and Cress opens, Cress mm. is. One month before it opens, he is. One year, and I go all the way back. And in the process of walking back through time, I discovered where he'd been, what he was doing, what he liked, what he hated, mm. how he got those scars on his back. You know, So mm. to yeah. me, character has to be so primary because yep. if you if you're trying to impose and Dennis as a playwright knows this so well if you're trying to impose he's always going to be cardboard but if you have lived his life back through time you know this character so well that when he starts to talk it's really not like you putting the words in his mouth he's telling you what to say yeah. and so you actually spend time eavesdropping on the character uh, this goes back all the way to George Eliot and George Sand and Balzac and all those writers who really lived inside their work. So that's that's how I deal with character. And Dennis I and I independently, I, never having known each other before, have hit on almost exactly the same process for getting story out yeah. of character. Well, I think I, that I'm just really is, impressed. You know, you know I, I do call think Dennis my brother in words. You know, I mean, you know. You know I mean, Jeff. You know, I mean, I, I, um, I, I was watching. I, I don't know if anybody's watched this show. It's called uh, Good Behavior. Well, there's a character, Letty, and she's a wonderful character. She reminds me something of like my Virginia Templeton that I wrote, and because you know, she's really a toughie, but not that tough. But she, she just reminds. She's a very strong woman, and even though she weakens at times, you don't ever see that on a lot of times. So the guy that wrote her book, that wrote the book, who has now the series, is Blake Crouch. And I guess he, I was listening to the audio book, and this is something I've never seen before. What he did was he wrote, at the, he talked at the beginning of how he felt so happy to have found this character, Letty, that very seldom in a writer's life do they have a character that they really can bring them out and find some character that they really are happy. You know, you, you bring out character. We all write, and we have a lot of characters, but very seldom are there some characters that are just bigger than life. And right. I thought that was interesting that he wrote, he talked about it at before he, before he start, you know, the book started going on in audio. And I've never seen anybody do that um, because he was really happy about his character. It wasn't about the story, but I think he was so. I mean, not that the, the story's really good, but the character, she's incredible. And I don't think it happens all the time, but when you get a character that you really, really like, that's such a great feeling to me, yeah. you know, when I write. Marcia, what is your process when you sit down to, to a blank? sheet of paper and you're about well, to start a, a novel. Well, uh, I, I usually do something longhand because when I go on my computer, I sometimes can't get to where I need to go. And um, sometimes when I write things out on a pad of paper, I, that's just some of my thoughts. Then when I go out, I can and write on the computer. But it, for me, 
it's just I start with a, a way of per, a conversation kind of a, in my head comes out, and the person does, and I do think about my characters a lot and what they do and what they've done, and, and I will compare them. I, I sometimes think my friends, they actually think I'm not in reality anymore, I think. They think I'm in living in character land, which I sometimes feel I am because when I look at someone, I go like, oh, let's just say, oh, Virginia can do that, you know. And, but not every character can do certain things. So when I start writing, it, it just the person comes to me, and then they get into whatever they get into, but usually it's, the character for me just starting something, not liking something or loving something or being unhappy or something like that. You know, it's, it's, it's a process that I am not sure that other, you know, some people have it, but I guess, you know, I don't know, Jack, how do you find that? How do you start? Made? Yeah, because you have so many different characters. You've written tons of characters. This is another conundrum, a puzzle for me as a writer, because Dennis knows a lot about uh, the method actor. You know, the actor becomes yeah. the character and can't get out of it. The dilemma for writers is you have to be all of the characters. So you know, it all makes yeah. us just a little bit crazy. So what yeah. I have found that <laughs> right. I have to do is I have to let go of me. Now, Natalie Goldberg says, get out of the way and let the hand do the writing, right? Well, yeah. it's the same thing. If, if you get out of the way and after you've done the walk back through time, if you're into the characters, then if you, I do this for every character. I just finished, in fact, the last four character walk back through time for the characters in my novel called Citadel. Yeah. And what I find is that pretty soon I'm actually conversing with them. Oh, okay? yeah. And, right. Yeah, yep. and so if, if, if I am that crazy, you, know, <laughs> you have to be absolutely a lunatic. To want to be a writer and have 18 characters in a novel, and when Dennis wrote, when Dennis wrote Going Dark, those stories, you know, my God, you know, I, said, you know, this man has been in all of those places. This is really hilarious. It's wonderfully done, and and that's why, you know, I just love the way he writes. Is that those characters do the same thing? That's why I said we have come to the same process independently. You yeah. get inside the character and you become. You become the character, and pretty soon you're not writing. They're telling you what to do, and I, I just love that. And they yeah, cannot the do things certain that, things. Right, they can't do certain things. They have, their, they have their own mind. You can't make some of these characters do things, I think. Well, you know what you find, what I find, is that sometimes characters surprise me. Now, oh, yeah. one of the things I think, that's it, what Dennis, want, correct me if you? I'm wrong on this, but the method actor <laughs> uh, says that they want to find an equivalent experience in themselves that reflects the drawn character on the page. Is that correct? Is that the mm-hmm. way you hear it? Dennis? You can... Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's what happens I when wanted you... To yeah. ask, I wanted to ask what you... What each of you felt about, and I know Jack and I have briefly touched on this, but I'm fascinated by this by this idea, and this is a, a, a quote, uh, Marcia, from Jim Harrison, who, as you probably know, is a novel and poet writer, and one of the books he he wrote is Legends of the Fall. Uh-huh. It was in, yeah. turned into a movie, but anyway, yeah. he says. He he spent uh, he's uh, uh, 
spent a lot of his time uh, outside and, and hunting and, and, and being in, in nature and in the woods. And he says, after having spent a lifetime walking in the woods, and this is his quote, I have found that the body has no more vulnerable sense than being lost. And it's the best state of mind for a writer. Your mind feels a rush of images and ideas. You don't know where you are as a point of view unless you go beyond yourself. And, you know, I've... I, I, that resonates so strongly with yeah. me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know. See, if you know I mean, where often, you're going, you know what you're going to do. Oftentimes when I'm writing, I just, it seems like it becomes too easy. And, I, oh, I see where this is going, you know, and I'll go with it and I'll say, wait a minute. I'm yeah. not lost here, you know. Right. And that's where the surprise should be. Well, what, what am I missing? Right, the aha, yeah, you're not, right. But sometimes you don't know till you get there, you know, and that's when you, you no, know, like, I don't know, true. since you've both done audiobooks now, I wanted to talk about one thing. Okay, when you hear your work, I mentioned this to Jack the other day. When I, I was listening to my audiobook, My Guilty Pleasures, now that we just did, this was a more sexy, erotic type, and I'm listening to it, and I, you know, sometimes when you're writing, you don't really know where you're, you know, what it's really going to sound like when someone else is reading it, but when you hear it, right. it is such a different experience that I, I don't know why everybody isn't reading, they're listening to audiobooks because it, I think it makes, it will make people much better writers because you really hear every word. You're not looking for a comma. You're not looking if someone forgot to uh, put a, you know, the upper, uppercase. You're just listening to a story. And it's, I find it so interesting because you hear everything. And when, as the writer of it, sometimes you don't even know, how did I get there? And where, what was I thinking when I wrote it? Right. It doesn't come back sometimes. I don't think it, you know, do you feel that way when you listen to your I, own? Yeah, I, I think that that is absolutely, you know, right on. And one thing I would like to add a word to that lost is the anguish that Marsh is describing in a way. You know, the anguish of being a writer lost in your characters who are lost in a world trying to find their way out. That becomes, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really a gut-wrenching emotional condition. Mm-hmm. And when I, I'd like to just reference my novel, Gabriella and the Widow, and I've just been listening to it and reading it long, and my goodness, Gabriella is such a lost character. She's so full of pain and anguish and hurt, yeah. and yet yeah. she has dreams and she becomes transformed. She becomes, mm-hmm. you know, just this beautiful character in the end. And I was so lost in her that yeah. I've had reviewers say, I never thought that a man could, you know, talk in a woman's voice. In a woman's voice, uh, right, yeah. You know, and I think that that's what we have to do as writers is let, mm-hmm. the, let the characters give us mm-hmm. who they are and then live in that pain and anguish. When Gabriella has those, those visions, those flashback visions of the toad-headed soldiers, I could almost feel their skin on her, you know? I mean, it was a, a, a real visceral feeling to me. And, and, and you I feel, hated like, those you feel this more? Don't you feel this them. more since you listen to the audiobook? Say it again, Marsha. Don't you feel you, you, you have found when you listen to the audiobook, this is what you're 
feeling, right, from the well, listening, because you just are doing it, right? You're in the process of the audio book, and you're listening to it. So that's what yeah. you got. Did, did you have that before you listened to the audio book, those feelings, or uh, after? Yes. You know, I have my notes from, from when I did her, Gabriella's Walk Back Through Time, uh-huh. and I, had, I have this. And I uh, knew then I didn't know how to 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 let her be reborn, but I did know I, right away I was feeling her pain. What the audio book did was give me assurance that my own perception was right because I could hear it in Annette's voice as she was reading this to me. I knew yeah. that I had made it right because her words just came with such fluency and, and, and so perfectly rhythmed and cadenced. You know, I try to write everything cadenced and rhythmed and, and almost metered, you know, without it being an you know, acceptable poem. And and as soon as I heard her voice in this thing, I knew she was in the character too, and that yeah. let me come back into it. So, And, and La, La Viuda, the widow, in Gabrielle and the Widow, uh, my goodness, I didn't know that she was going to be so... Uh, misogynist, uh, not miso- so. Uh, what's it? misanthropic? You know, I had no idea. Uh-huh. And I started uh-huh. doing her walk back through time, and I, each time I got to one of those niches where she got a either a, a medal or a bouquet of flowers, I thought, Oh God, she's so. You know, this is love. Uh-huh. This is true love. This is love that forgives and yes. forgets, and yet carries with it all this anguish, and she's lost. And anyway. <laughs> That's how I. That's how. No, it's that's all how I feel about that audio. No, it's me, right. Yeah. I, you know, it, it's really. You know, I mean, by talking to the two of you, see, this is the thing about writing. I think, you know, what I found from. I mean, I've been doing shows for seven years already, and I've had so many different authors on. But you know, I I see that when I'm talking to the two of you, you, the passion that's in your voice of how you've written is different. You know, because I think you're not in a hurry to get the next one out because you're trying to really get the best of the characters that you're writing in the story, and the story has to flow right, and it has to be what you want it to be. And that doesn't happen in one month. You cannot zip those out. As all, You know, people are writing so fast now, I don't know if they're losing this or it's a different kind of writing now where, you know, they're not getting what where they need to go. They're just writing, mm-hmm. and not yeah. caring and feeling it as much. I don't know, Dennis. Let me, I mean, let me, it takes you a let while. Let me talk about something here. Dennis, oh, okay. Dennis writes so poetically, and and at the same time, it's not a forced poetry. It's it's right. it's a mm-hmm. it's a poetism that arises just out of a sheer glory of the language. I mean, this this man writes in a way that uh, I think it's a masterful. 21st century, you know, type of writing. But one of the things that I have found is that most modern writers aren't that intensely engaged in the language, and so the language tends to be flat. Sometimes they can make it sing, but they can't make it dance. And in order to make it dance, you have to do what Dennis does, is indulge in a little bit of rhetorical work, you know, so that the language has more than... He's doing simultaneously telling the story, but also giving you a sense of the music behind the story yeah. that lives in the characters. Uh, that's that's why I just love what he does. You know, it's just that's well, I have written some reviews of his work, I, I, but I did not I did the, not think, you know, uh, uh, well anyway, 
I've written some reviews of his work that kind of try to get to that feeling, that notion. We're in the presence here of a real major American author, and I'm so oh, pleased Jack, to have made an acquaintance. You know. I wanted to You're ask you, Dennis, Dennis, you were going to ask something, but I wanted to say, when, okay, when she's singing in the audio, I mean, I didn't look, I didn't get the book because I'm just listening in on audio, but right. were you surprised that she could do this? Like so well, though. I mean, well, what's I mean, interesting? What happened was is that I, I sort of, you know, these songs were based on certain gospel, a certain way of singing a song, right? And I thought to myself, oh, she, she probably, I, I just, I didn't want to assume that she didn't know where some of these, the basis, the roots of some of these, some of these yeah. songs. And 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 you know the language, so the the the, the lilting quality of the, of the, of the way the songs were expressed. And so what I did, and the wonderful thing about again, you know, even though there's a lot about this modern world that I don't understand, but one thing, wonderful thing about the uh, the web and and YouTube, you can go on and get pictures of these early, you know, soul yeah. singing stuff. Yeah, and you can so do I would go and I'd go and I'd, right. I'd say, you, here, I'll try this one, and I'd see yeah. what you think about this one, and should look at it, and you know, and study it, and but, but by 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 Gloria, she came back, and it was it was her voice. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't yeah. Drew. Wow. It was she Just, got it. Yeah. As Jack said, the cadence and all of that it was there. Perfect yeah, and I'm like listening. You know, I, I was shocked. It was all there. I know it was very surprising, and you know, and it and it's a tune that will it relevates in your brain, kind of where you actually can feel it, you know, while she's speaking it. Which so I mean, because when sometimes when you're on the when you find a say you found her separately, but when you're on ACX the Audible, when you go in and put your book in to say like somebody wants if somebody wants to take it, and you know, and a lot of times. Nobody. It depends on the book, you know. If you've got the right uh, person that's going to produce it and you know do the right thing with the words, but a lot of right. times you really don't know what they're going to do. Like I, you know, um, and my I've had my books done by uh, different people, but they have a British accent. I I really like it, and so. But I didn't want. I mentioned this to Jack the other day. I didn't want to insult her at all, so I let some of the words go because even though they were pronounced differently than I would pronounce them, I didn't want uh -huh. to make her lose the, her voice because by worrying so uh -huh. much about if it was my voice, uh -huh. you know. And um, I thought she did a great job, but it, there were, and, and I really liked it. But I do find there's a couple words, but I just let it go because I really think that sometimes people, that's how it is, whoever you choose to do the audio – and if you're happy with them, they have their own style and the words that they use. I figure whoever Marcia, is going to listen that, to it. Isn't that a lot like, you know, different actors performing the same role? They all bring yeah. something different to yeah. it. Mm -hmm. and isn't, yeah. I guess our question, my question is our goal as writers. Is it to make sure that everybody, you know, toes the line and pays perfect respect to what we have done? Or do we allow them to enter into our work and see something perhaps that we didn't see but is there. See, that's mm -hmm. what I hear here. You know, she yeah. heard something. She she did it in a certain way that broke yes. your idea of your own 
capsule yeah. of reality. Yeah. yeah. And I yeah. know that's what Annette did, and I know that's what she's done to Dennis's work is she yeah. finds a reality under the words that gives us a hint of something we as writers did not know, and I think that's what makes good writing is you don't know it all as a writer. If you're letting your characters give it to right, you. Right, exactly. You, yeah. you know? so. <clears throat> yeah, no matter how much you write. I mean, you know, we all feel the same way. We all, you know, not all of us, but a lot of us, you know, when you write, you finish it up and you're done. But then when you go back and read it and then, or hear it, and then hearing it to me is extraordinary. I really like that. And hearing it, it's, you know, you, you really can't sometimes get back to that place where you were. I know when I did screenplays, um, I always found the most amazing thing to me was I would start writing the screenplay, and then when I, I did so many rewrites on screenplays, but then I would say, oh, I have this greatest idea, and you know, and then I have the sentence, and I said it, and I look at it, and I wrote it, and then I look at the next page, and I already wrote it, and this freaks me out every time that happened, that I could have written that 10 years ago that that person said, but I guess to me, that's how that person talks, and would say the same thing no matter how many years later I read it. You know, it's that it's a person. I'm not sure I would say the same. My characters at least say the same. But, you know, it, it, do you find that when you write, sometimes you're shocked that you already wrote it somewhere else? Or when you on a rewrite, do you see that sometimes that happens to you? I don't know. Dennis, do you ever find oh, that? Yes, you've it certainly has happened I'm, to I'm, me. I'm on the comment page here, and, and a, a listener, Mike oh. Pettit, said general comment. When I sit down yeah. to write, I have no idea where my what my where my characters, what my characters will say or or do that day. I just let them take over. Now, isn't that, mm-hmm. that's in a sense the essence of what we've been talking about here. Right, exactly. because and he so does. Because if you listen to, me, if you yeah, listen if to you his books. If you go back to something yeah. you wrote last year and you say, I don't recognize this, well, that's true. You should have let go. You shouldn't yeah. have been, you know, I mean, I, yeah. I, yeah, no, should, should. No, because I know who Mike is, and like Mike is a writer should. that when he writes, he writes like how he talks, and it's a very good flow on his writing. Yeah, he's re- yeah, and he's written tons of books. He writes some. He writes a lot of books. Yeah. tons. Yeah. Where are you seeing him? It's not in the chat room. Oh, uh, where do you see chat, him? In the chat room. Oh, uh, there I are, don't see I anything have, here. Have, <laughs> this is not a you good have four thing. guests. <laughs> I, I do. Know, five, yeah, four guests. You know. And how is that? So well, that's so much. For, that's why I don't in. see it. I'm in. Dennis, I'm, I'm in because otherwise none yeah. of us would be in if I'm not in. It's just not here. All right. Dennis, so say hello you, to every anybody that's listening or, or and I mean it's in the chat room. Thank you. I can't see it on mine. I didn't think anybody was in it. Huh. Well, that's I, he's right well, here. Well, that's yeah. We, we, we just we're happy on Blog Talk to just get on. <laughs> Don't worry about the chat room after this because I a lot Dennis, of people have you, shows and they are not yeah. on sometimes. Yeah. Dennis, can you talk for a minute about some of the things that Jack Smith asked you in that that interview that he did? You know, he his questions was, uh, let me read you one of the questions. Do themes and ideas seem to emerge naturally from character, plot, setting, et cetera, or do you consciously work to something that, you know, you know we, we've, we've skirted around that a little bit, but what is plot to you? What do you think plot is? All writers say this is plot driven or character driven. Uh, I I need to know right. the difference. <laughs> right. Jack, you taught it. You know you know the answer to this. <laughs> there is no answer, Dennis. What do you, you know, think? My, my problem my my problem with this when Jack Smith is 
you know, a certain master of knowing all these aspects of of what constitutes a writer's craft, and he's he's uh, written for Writer's Digest uh, books for a number of years. And but I have to say, when uh, when he asked me these questions, I. <laughs> My, my response is, I have to read the story and then go from the story back to the questions. Exactly. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. And that was actually how, when he asked that question about, uh, you know, about theme and that, and 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 how does it begin? What's the most important for you? And I thought, well, I looked at several of my stories, and I, I guess it's character, you know. <laughs> See, you know what, see, isn't that interesting, and you're a really good writer, so I thought this is like a problem that I have, because I, you know, I was saying to somebody that, you know, if I sat there on a daily, and when I'm writing a book, and try to figure out everything to make it where they would say, oh, yes, she's very literary, she did this, she did the tone, she did this, I just write. I, you know, if I don't do the tone right. the way they like it, I can't help it. And even when one of my editors, <laughs> he said to me, what tone is it in? I go, what are you talking about? What tone? I, I don't even, you know, it's like it's whatever my characters do. And wherever they yeah, are, it's their people. That. Yeah, Oh, you do? I'm so glad you said that. I was going like, I can't answer these no, questions. No, I fully understand that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's because you did write plays and I wrote screenplay. I don't know. You just write. You know, your characters come to life, hopefully, and, you know, the tone is the way they, you know, and the tone. And, and this is like a lot of questions that if you continually sit there, you'll never finish a novel. You'll just hey, Marcia, be going like, oh, my God. Question, what, mm-hmm. what, is the, what is the relationship or the difference between tone and voice, <laughs> Dennis you can answer that too. Good. I don't know that I could really answer that. Oh, good. I'm can't, so glad. I can't either. People say, "Well, it's the, trying to find the voice." I say, "What does that mean?" I mean, the voice oh, comes out of the. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. All right, so I'm glad you're saying this because I'm beginning to go like, all right, what does that mean? Because I'm, I really, you know, and, and I know, you know, and I would say to him, I go, what are you talking about? It's the story. And I remember even with the dog, okay, I have a dog in my Grand Central Station. So he would go, well, the dog is not in it in certain areas. I go, well, I know it's not really the dog story. He's just there, you know. And I said to him, we're not taking this dog out, okay. I know he wanted to take it out. I go, this <laughs> dog stays in okay and he goes all right you know and when i and people commented that they liked the dog you know and the dog should have been in it more i agree to that and i have a habit of i have a very bad habit that i continually do and i did it i remember years ago when i did a screenplay um Ed Asner, he read it, and he called the office, and, and he said he didn't know it was me that had written it, and he was just, he, this was years ago, because that's what people did. Uh, he had his own production company, and so he goes, you rushed it. The, you know, the person that wrote it rushed it, and I think I have this problem, and I now know I have to not rush. I try, when I get to the end, I rush it, and I, this is a problem for me. So now, after all these years, I remember when he said this to me, and I somebody had given me a review on one of my books, and they go, "We would have liked to see more. Why did you end it and finish it? Why did you not? Why did you rush through it like it?" And I didn't rush through it, but I guess that's coming across because my personality is is very fast paced. So I know now I have this issue, so I have to work on it to. Uh, because, Dennis, you know, I don't want to Dennis. be boring. See, that's the thing. How do you know when you're doing too much to make people say, oh, I wish they would have cut those pages out? 
That's a hard one, Dennis. Well, I know. <laughs> I know that. In the middle of that one, because I know you edit a lot. I know you really <laughs> edited Brother Carnival a lot. So, what do you do? How do you handle that? Well, I my 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 for what it's worth. For what it's worth, <laughs> we're being very honest with each other. <laughs> uh, I my sense of it is 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 that I have to. When I'm writing, I I I have to see, uh, I have to be aroused, uh, I have to feel a pulse in, in what I write, and 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 the pulse, it has to arouse in me a sense of vulnerability, uh, or personal risk as to how the work may unfold, and what I'm what I mean by that, and that sounds pretty dramatic, I guess, but. What I'm saying about that is, is that it's this, I I have to sense that I'm getting as close as I possibly can to this character that has risen up in my life, as it were. Yeah. You know that I yeah. ha- constantly have to check that I, that I'm not interfering, that I'm that I'm as close to that person's heartbeat as I possibly can. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. See, that's because I know. Because it is know, hard to, it's, it's hard to answer. To it, that you is, know, one of the one of one of the things that somebody once told me about Balzac was that it's not what the man leave, puts in the writing, but what he leaves out that really makes a difference. How do right. you know what to leave out? You've got this vast universe of character inside your head, and you're writing uh-huh. it out, and you get a, a draft, and then you send it to Coffee Town, and they say blah blah blah, and so you you you. Cut. How do you know? When your hand has to stop moving, and, and that's a metaphor for editing, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, that's it. You know, I think that that I think this is probably something that a lot of authors talk about have, but they don't talk about it a lot. You know, because once it goes to edit, you know, I I can use my mistake. I, I do make mistakes a lot of times because I. Um, you know, sometimes you know you're adding too much. Like I did in the last story. You know. Um, it's no secret that I've already discussed this many times on my show when I am doing erotic stories that I tend to not be as, um, not write the sex scenes as well. So uh, as I, I can get them there, and but, you know, and so I did have help with the sex scenes, and they were much more playful, but then I added some other things uh, in the story. And then when the editor looked at it and she you know she said well you know i didn't understand all that i go i know you know what you're right so what i did is i slashed like about 20 pages out of it and that'll be for another story i put but, but so see, much into it know, that got how them did confused you know to do that you see well because how it got her know? confused it got her confused and then when she sent it back to me after she said that i went i think you're right i did and so i cut it cut it all out and I cut that part of the character's life out and I'll save that for another time because it didn't fit in this story which is you know um it's not you know and I guess you know it, it all depends I I've said it many times I'm going to probably pick up the characters that I write but I, they may not be in just only the erotic sense they may do other you know have a whole different thing going on because I the characters I like them I just didn't give them the role that I thought I should and so I'm going to maybe start a different way to go back to the way I was writing and I left and then maybe I won't 
have more than I need because this story shouldn't be that way. Do you know, I it's okay. kind of like, and someone said that, um, and then to confuse me as the writer that I am already, I got one review from the UK, which it went like, this book is not sexy enough. And I went like, okay, this is wrong <laughs> for me. I'm out of this. <laughs> it was so hard wow. to do it the way. Right, and I went like, hmm, okay, so then I go, fine. So I guess, see, that's the thing. You can't read reviews, and uh, you can't listen to a lot of people, and I think I don't. No, I don't have beta readers. Mm-hmm. I don't have beta readers, and, and I always had, like, the same editor, and I probably will go back to him because he knows how I write. And so I think that he's the right person for me because he knows me. He's done my plays, my screen, my screenplays, everything I've ever done. And he knows when I shouldn't put it in, but I've never really had that before. The, what's happening to me is if I'm trying to write, not only just to sell, but I was trying um, a genre that I might not be right for. So um, I finally convinced myself after changing my name back and forth to Lady Jane to, you know, Madison Montgomery. I had so many names already. I don't even know who I'm writing as. So I'm going back to me, and that's the end. But it is hard, you know, um, to know when you do something that isn't right. But I admit yeah. okay, when Dana, I, Dana, I don't know everything. I have, a question. I have a question for both of you now. All right. You're Jack, teaching you have a so class many questions. Later, or you're, you're, giving, Jack, you're, you're giving a lecture, giving a talk or something like that, and somebody you know, in the audience says, what's the difference between editing and rewriting? Mm-hmm. I get that a lot, you know, because what you're talking about here is uh, you're acting as an editor of your own work. You want to cut out yeah. some pages. But yeah. Is there, in your own mind, when you, set, you, re, you, write, you write a draft, and, and Jack Smith asked us about the first draft, you know, well, I don't know what a first draft is anyway. But you write a draft, <laughs> and then you are told to rewrite it. Now, when Dennis, when you went into Brother Carnival to rewrite it, you know, did you start editing words and punching words, or did you do a reconceptualization of the storyline and then try to make it work out that way? I, I need to no, know how no. you approach it. No. What, what happens for me is that even the same way with the short story uh, and that just carried over to the novels, to two novels, and, and this this third one now, is that when I lay it down, I I, I simply lay it down without trying to, uh, you know, tr- trying to be a, an umpire or whatever, or an editor along the way. I just simply lay it down. It's sort of like it's, it's like singing it to yourself, you know, <laughs> and so I sing it on paper. And, yeah. and, then and then I it. put it away. I put it away for, you know, several months actually. Really? Oh. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's hard yes. to do because you and, know when you're then, done you go, yay, I'm I, done. Then I can. <laughs> then I'm then I'm able to come back to it with a fresh eye, and that's for the yep. longest time. And early on, I could never edit or rewrite what the hell ever it's called. I couldn't do it because I was too close to it, and yeah. I, I, I would uh, I would just end up ru- ruining what what I'd done the the, the initial impulse. You're well, right. You no, know, no, you know what? God. That's really right, though. You ruin it. You know what? And that is true. When you're writing and you continue on with your story, that is your story. 
it isn't what someone says is your story. That is your story. And then what you're right. saying is true, though, because that's what you wrote. That's And cutting it is missing the link that you thought was important. Right. So I think that's a good thing to do is put it away. But I think most people, they're so happy when they write the end that they're ready to get it published, and they go, good, I'm done. <laughs> that's it. Yeah. Goodbye. Yeah, but Goodbye. Marshall McLuhan talks about something called hot and cool media. You know, he says television is a cool medium because the images are already made for you. Reading is a hot medium because your brain has to create the images for you. Yeah. You know. So are you? Are you, Dennis? Are you approaching this like when you write it, it's hot? I mean, you're in it. You're you know you're pushing it along. Yes, absolutely. You're really involved in it. That's good. That's right. That's That's exactly the way to put it. That's a wonderful way to put it. That's it. <laughs> and you, and don't worry about everything else. You know, that's really, it's so important to do that. And, Dennis, it's great that you can do that. And I'm going to work on that for me because that that's an issue. Right. When you are doing it, you're in it. You know, and you know your story. But when you start double thing, you know, if people say, well, maybe you should, you know, it's too long. Yeah, it's the mind too begins short, to interfere. Yeah, and, you know, I once did that years ago with a screenplay. You know, I was an agent for so many years, and I was reading everybody else's, so I had sent a script in, and they liked They actually in, then, you know, in those they liked the script, but they wanted a few changes, and what I did, I changed the whole thing. And I learned at that point, whenever I write a screenplay, I'm just writing it straight through. I'm not changing it because once you start cutting one line, the whole story changes. And so I, in my head, have to do this, when I'm writing my books now and realize I'm not doing a screenplay, it's very different and I have to just continue through and just do the story as I see the story and not be so critical of when I'm writing it. Because when it's all done, it probably works, but sometimes we read our stuff too much and no one's going to read it ten times the same line like we do. I mean, I think... You know. Dennis, so I, did you have did you have any trouble answering Jack Smith's question about <clears throat> commenting on the theme or ideas in one of your novels or stories? How did you handle that? Can you say tell again? Me what the theme? I, I, I'm having trouble hearing you. Oh, Jack's you question about now? what? Uh, he okay. wanted to know. When Jack Go ahead. Smith asked you the question about theme and ideas, I struggled with that for a long time. How did you handle it? What? What is your notion? See, it seems to me he was coming at it from the outside, and you I think you gave me the answer when you said you had to read it to figure out what it was. Right. And you had to read it as the reader to figure out what the hell you had done as a writer. Is that, is that correct? You know how? Right, and I was so happy he got a hold of you. I said, boy, Jack's going to help me out on this one. Yeah, see, that, see that's the thing. Well, you know, it is hard, Jay. It is hard. What yeah. theme and idea, all I, all I was able to come by going backwards uh, is, is that <laughs> my sense was, on the basis of what I've done, I could say that that uh, the, the, the there is a, uh, a, a mutual d- dependence uh, uh, of, of character and 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 theme. That that theme the theme invariably c- comes out of uh, uh, the, the true character invariably c- carries a story's theme inside his or her uh, yeah. 
inescapable heart, as it were. And I think that's that you know, and I, I think that's what Faulkner meant when he said, you know, that that that, that you have. Uh, I would, he says, I would say, get the character in your mind. Once he is in your mind, and he is right, and he is true, then he does the work himself. Right. And, yeah. And I, yeah. And I think that, I think that's ninety percent of it, anyway. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I agree with you totally, and that's really it. Because once you get that character, that your story is going to be told by the character, not by you anymore. You are just writing it, but you're getting all the vibes you need and whatever they call tone and theme and whatever comes from that person. And what if the what if Absolutely. the character doesn't what if the character doesn't know tone or theme? Absolutely. <laughs> right. They just kind of do Absolutely. their story. That's right. See, that's how, yeah, I agree with you on that, too. So, Jack, you had all these questions, and Dennis, you both had really good questions. I feel like I had to work today <laughs> to think. You know, but the thing is, you really can't think that much about it. You really have to just write the story. You've got to write a good story, and that's that. And if, and if some people don't like it, they don't like it. And if you like it at the end of the day when you're happy with it, and certainly you – Certainly with the audio book, I think you can feel happier than you even felt when you wrote it because you're in a whole different place. And it's, you're going like, oh, this is a pretty good story. I'm listening to this, you know. And mm-hmm. if you can do that, that makes you, that's, that's a good feeling. And it's not easy to do sometimes, but you should be happy with what you ended with. Okay, Marcia, it's 2 o'clock. How long do you need us to, to I, talk? We're done. We could be you done know, any you, time. You don't we know Dennis done. like I do. You know, he can talk for three days, you know, so you've right. got to be well, careful right. with this guy. And I can, too. I can, too. But we won't. But we won't. But anyway, no, this has been very interesting. You know, Dennis, you have to come on again, okay? You have to come on sooner, okay? Because well, we really need to. I, I, right, Jack I, is there. Yeah, because you know what? It, this is really I, I agree with everything you said and see I now I feel so much better I feel so much better that I'm trying to think what is my tone of this book? I don't know that I'll ever get oh, there. Yeah, what right, the hell good. does that mean? <laughs> right. Right. Okay. Well now that I have two people that are like experts that feel similar, this is good. I feel happy about that. All right, Dennis, I actually have both of their websites on. It's at Dennismust dot com and Jackremick dot com. And MarciaCasperCook.com. Right. So we're all, you can find us. And uh, I actually now have, uh, and I saw, Jack, you have that too. I don't know, Dennis, do you have a, I have a newsletter that I'm going to have. And to join the mailing list after 15 years, I think maybe I should get a good mailing list. <laughs> so people might know what I'm doing. And because they may not see me on as much, because I think I have had it with constantly promoting. And it, you really have to, write more than promote because it gets it overtakes you i think it does well a lot of people see your show simply as a vehicle for promotion you know and well, you know shows, from, yeah but my, in my head with joanne <laughs> but you know it was really all about technique and writing and getting it done and you know books books are great but you know you can live without selling a book but i can't live without writing you know so uh-huh. okay well, i'm gonna i'm gonna no, check out here guys this has been super Isn't it duper. The truth? I appreciate it. That is super. Dennis, good right, to hear and your Dennis, voice. Dennis, you'll come on again with Jack. And if you can come on oh, with me, you can come on with me too. I, I do have one on one, you know. Okay, and also, um, well, Jack, you are going to come on with. Um, yeah, on the first. Eleanor. Yeah. 
Yes, Eleanor. Mm-hmm. And that's a Wednesday. Yep. I know I, I usually do Tuesday mm-hmm. shows, but uh, I, you, I know that you can't be on Tuesdays because you have your workshop, you know, which yeah. I wish I was at in Seattle. Okay, but right. so Eleanor right. on Wednesday and on next Wednesday, yes. Dennis on, this, on Wednesday too? If so Dennis we'll wants to come, way. he can join us. If Dennis isn't busy, he can no, join no, us. No, thank you. Uh, this is enough, Give right? I know. Look, at, I never got, I never got Bob on again. If I'm Jack and Bob, <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants to come on again. He never wants. I think uh, he was happy a, to get on. You know, right, I'm so glad. I, I, Can we keep I, in touch? I hide under bed. <laughs> all right, thank you all, and right, thank you for okay. both coming. Right, now I'm going to go you. figure bye out bye my bye. life. Okay, bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye.